0: Again, smmarketingsociety.com.
1: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelsner.
0: Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I'm super excited about today's show. I'll be joined by Jeff C. And we're going to explore how to market with Pinterest. And you're really going to enjoy this episode. Let's transition over to this week's discovery. Helping you
1: stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip.
0: I'm excited to be joined this week by Eric Fisher, who's taken some time out of his be- schedule to clock in with me. Eric, how you doing this week?
1: I am great. Thanks for making time for me.
0: So we're going to talk about something related to time. What's your find?
1: My find is World Clock. World Clock is a Mac app that I've been using, and it's great. Honestly, it's cleaner and better looking than anything else in terms of clocks that I have found. But it's so much more than just a clock. It is a world map giving you a list of all the different time zones. You can select cities that are your favorite cities, kind of like you, know, you can do on your, uh, your smartphone. Everybody's a little bit more familiar with that uh, as an example. But what this does is I can then change the time by clicking and dragging on the screen inside the app. And then suddenly, uh, you know, San Diego, California goes from 7 a.m. to, you know, know, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 13, geez, that's military time. Um, (laughs) And I can then all see all the other time zones change in sync so that I can then see what time zone it is or what time it will be at any given point uh, on the map.
0: Okay, so let's talk about this for a second. First of all. Eric is on the East Coast, we're on the West Coast, I am on the West Coast, this is where our corporate headquarters are, so there's the obvious three-hour time difference. But we've also got uh, staff and personnel overseas in Europe, so obviously knowing when what time it is at different parts of the world for our global company is obviously very useful when setting up meetings. But where I think this is really intriguing is the fact that we have a global audience, and um, our audience, we are constantly scheduling updates to them. So, how are you using this in that regard, Eric?
1: Yeah, what well, one of the key things that we used it for was we were able to set it up. We we looked first off, we looked inside our Twitter analytics, and we said, okay, where are the majority of our audience members from? And we could see first off that it was from America and Canada. And then also from the UK and then Australia. And so we were able to map out all those times and strategically plan our scheduling of tweets so that it was visible to a large number, you know, three or four of those groups I just listed all at the same time with a single tweet.
0: Yeah. And said another way, we kind of know, for example, that there are certain times in the working day that people are generally on Twitter. So, for example, I'm just going to guess, but my guess is that, that probably around the lunch hour uh, and when you first get into work is times when people might be on Twitter. So then what we have to do, I would imagine, is map that into the different parts of the world and figure out how we ought to repeat tweets. Is that a fair assessment, Eric?
1: Exactly. Yes, that is Absolutely correct.
0: And you know, it's not just Twitter; it's Facebook and everything else, right? So, yes. I mean, you can use this across the board to try to, um, if you will, get in front of those different audiences as they come online. Awesome. So, where do we find this thing? What does it cost?
1: It is in the Mac App Store. It is four ninety nine, but it does include a widget so that you can use it in your sidebar on your Mac as well.
0: So four dollars and ninety nine cents, Mac only. And what's the name of it again?
1: It's called World Clock.
0: And what's the URL to get to it if people want to check it out?
1: If you go to minimuminc.com slash clock.
0: You can find it. Perfect. Eric, thanks for bringing us that find. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. Now let's transition over to that Pinterest interview with Jeff C. To help simplify
1: your social safari, here's this week's special guest.
0: I'm very excited to be joined today by Jeff C. If you don't know who Jeff is, he's the founder of manlypinteresttips.com, a website designed to help guys understand the marketing power of Pinterest. He also hosts the Manly Pinterest podcast where he explores all the latest in Pinterest marketing. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks, Michael, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, guess what we're going to talk about today, everybody? Pinterest. <laughs> but be, and we're going to really talk about how to grow a loyal following on Pinterest, which Jeff has done a great job. Um, but before we dig into that, Jeff, uh, I want to kind of explore a little bit about your story, you know, manly Pinterest. Those two things don't seem to jive. <laughs> so, you know, where did that name come from? Tell us a little bit of your backstory.
2: Sure. Well, I have a a local company, a digital marketing agency here in Longview, Texas, and I decided a couple years uh, ago that I need to kind of do what I'm telling my clients to do and figure out the social media thing. So I was driving home from a long road trip and I was listening to this podcast and it was the social, uh, your show with Cynthia Sanchez. And I got really, this, this Pinterest thing was intriguing to me. So I kind of Put it on the back burner and then I started messing with it a little bit. And I noticed it was really driving a lot of traffic to a relatively new blog. And so I just wrote a a post on Google Plus called uh, Manly Pinterest Tip Number 1. And it was about sharing a secret board with my daughter. And um, what it does is allow me to, you know, I was sharing pins with her and she was sharing pins with me. And it was a secret thing that no one else could see but us. And I wrote about it. And it really did well. And so I wrote a couple other posts about it, uh, mainly Pinterest too, two through, I think, five. And somebody said, well, you need to do a show.
0: And this is when Google Hangouts really started to come into their own. And okay, was, wait, wait, was, let's back up for a second. Sure. So, so first of all, you have this agency in Texas and wh- right. what did you do? I mean, what was the purpose of the agency?
2: Uh, I'd, I'd, it still goes on. I, I build websites and I do a lot of marketing. I do a lot of video marketing and uh, just that kind of stuff. And, you know, I mean I I built <laughs> this is how long I've been doing it. I had Flash 2 and I was with when they were still with Macromedia. Yeah. I, I was actually building those Flash websites that everybody wanted. And so that's how That I was really, like that was or, like
0: the 90s, right?
2: Yeah, it was a, it was a while back. So I've been doing it for a while and and then social media started really really going to town. Mm-hmm. I thought, "You know, I really need to to do this." And I started listening to your podcast. I mean, that was I've told you before, that was one of the first um, podcasts I actually subscribed to and had on my you know iTunes that would continue to download, and I heard Cynthia and I was like this sounds interesting because it's you know Pinterest is a digital pin board, and you can pin stuff and you know so I started playing with it. I didn't really you know put too much time into it. I just played with it and then then I wrote those posts and that's what really kind of launched everything is that secret board with my daughter post and people wanted more of that and it was kind of you know the play on everybody thought Pinterest was for females. And when I did it, I, you know, Manly Pinterest tips. And so, uh, I did that and the show really took off. I had four other guys who were on this show with me and we did this show and I think we did like seven episodes and then we kind of switched formats to another one. And then people said, well, bring back the Manly Pinterest tip show. And I did, and I brought it back with myself where I interview guests, um, about Pinterest, uh, experts like Peg Fitzpatrick and Rebecca Radice and Cynthia has been on the show quite a bit. And, um, it did well, and so I said, you know, I'm going to do an experiment in branding. And so I figured it took about a,
0: a year to grow a beard, a good beard, you know, a manly beard. And, and by yeah. the way, folks, you can't see his beard, but he has a good beard, like Duck Dynasty <laughs> kind of beard. Yeah, and
2: so I thought, I'll, well, I'll, I'll try this experiment. I'll launch this website and kind of try to build a brand. It's an experiment in branding for a year. If I don't like it, I, it doesn't work. I can shave the beard off. We'll be fine. Well, it's worked, and I launched the podcast at the beginning of the year, and it's really done well. And people now come up to me, like when I go to conferences, and, and they know the show because of the beard. And so, uh, it's it's really it's really worked out well for me.
0: Well, um, that is totally cool. Now, how long is your podcast? How many episodes are you into your podcast? I just finished
2: episode thirty. Now, I had a bunch of shows before that that I kind of have I can pull from that pull from those, but right. I
0: just launched uh, episode thirty this week, and it's a weekly show, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And um, I'm sure some people are wondering a little more about what you did with your daughter with this secret board. For those of us that don't even know what that is, can you explain a little bit more about that?
2: Sure. A secret board is a board that only you and somebody and whoever, you can have your own secret board. Like I have secret boards because I do a lot of the cooking in the house and a lot of barbecuing. I have a barbecue secret board that I just pin stuff that I think will be cool to barbecue someday. Only I can see that. No one else, if they go to my Pinterest account, can see that. But mm. well, you, can, you can also share those boards with other people. And so uh, secret boards are a great way also to collaborate uh, with designers. That's a little power tip there. It's like if you're designing a new logo, you can pin all these logos to a secret board, share that board with your designer. They can pin stuff, and you can collaborate using secret boards. And so that's kind of what my daughter and I did together is, you know, she would pin, like, crafts you want to do for the summer, and I'd pin with her. And it and it turned a neat little thing that was just for her and I to do. And uh, that's it's kind like a, of it' It's like a bookmark on steroids, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And and actually, you can have public group boards. Like, I have a group board that I share with – it's just Peg Fitzpatrick and I. We have one that's just about bacon. All really? Is, yeah it's, it's an awesome board by the way and so we pin to that and it's just peg and i and you can invite a ton of people to come pin to secret board i mean to a group board uh but this group board is actually public and um another one we do that's that actually ranks in google search is peg and i share an instant instagram tips board and so as we find stuff to curate uh you know, information on how to use Instagram better. We
0: pin to that board, she pins to that board and it actually ranks in uh, Google search. Well, um, are these boards that are easy to find? I mean, like if someone wanted to find these boards, how would they find the bacon board and how would they find the, uh, the, in, the Instagram tips one? They,
2: they can search for instant Instagram tips on Google and it should be the first result. Um, uh, and the bacon one, they can just go to my account and find it there on uh, on my Pinterest account.
0: Cool. Tell everybody how to find your Pinterest account. Go to pinterest.com forward slash J-E-F-F, S is in Sam, I-E-H. Cool. Well, thank you for kind of bringing us up to speed about how you, as a guy, kind of got started with Pinterest, and we're going to now get into some tips for everyone who's listening because Jeff has been going deep into Pinterest, and I think there's a lot of of great things that basically um, Jeff could teach us. One of the first things I want to talk about, Jeff, is I know that buyable pins is something that's relatively new from Pinterest. Can you tell everybody what that is exactly and and maybe what it could mean for businesses? Sure.
2: I think it's a game changer. And I wanted to touch ba- back to one of the things you said earlier. And I don't want people to think that I'm just kind of a fluke, that I'm a man in this woman's world. And there's tons of stuff for guys on Pinterest. In fact, men are the fastest growing demographic on Pinterest. But yeah, uh, talk
0: about that. I mean, I think you've got some stats, right?
2: Yeah, it's they're the fastest growing demographic on Pinterest. And um, in like 2014, the, the, the number of men on Pinterest doubled. In fact, more men use Pinterest in the U.S. every month than read Sports Illustrated and GQ combined. So it's not just for ladies. There's a tons, there are tons of stuff for guys to to go on there. If you're a marketer, uh, really look hard because it may be a, a market that you can really go into that you can get some traction on before everyone else jumps on board.
0: Well, you know, I'll be honest with you, I'm not really active on Pinterest, even though we do have a company account for Social Media Examiner on Pinterest. Um, My wife is super active on Pinterest because it seems like the kinds of boards on there that are really popular seem to be lifestyle, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, home and garden kind of stuff, right? Like um, how to, you know, do, you know, like make your house nicer looking on the inside and on the outside, fashion. I mean, those seem to be the things that predominantly I, I see on right. Pinterest. I'd love to hear from your perspective as a guy, reveal to us what else is out there like that guys might find intriguing. Well, there's tons of stuff. I mean, the, the NH, NH, NHL has a great board. Uh, the
2: NFL has just revamped all their stuff. Uh, the The Major League Baseball has a great presence on there. Some great pictures. I mean, guys are visual. I mean, that's how we're made. And so it's kind of funny that it, it kind of has this stereotype that it's not for guys. But there's Some of my most popular board, you know, I pin a lot about marketing and small business and social media, and those are are really – I get a lot of traction with those. But a lot of people follow me. I have a woodworking board where, because that's kind of a thing that I I have done since I was a little kid, and I like to see woodworking plans and all that stuff. I have tons of people who follow me on that. Hmm. Uh, My geek board, uh, Guy Kawasaki jumped on it I think the beginning of this year Pinterest, and of course he's got a gazillion followers already. But he pins tons of stuff on gadgets and uh, on and geek stuff, and he has some really great curated boards on there as well. And so there's tons of stuff. There's Star Wars boards, Doctor Who. I mean, Cynthia Sanchez, who we mentioned before, she has some fun Doctor Who stuff she pins. And so there's there's a mix of everything. Uh, do it yourself uh uh type boards are really really big. Lowe's has a big presence, Home Depot has a big presence. I mean, you can find p- plans for fire pits and for outdoor
0: man caves. I mean, all sorts of stuff are on Pinterest. Wow. I mean, that's really cool. Um so let's get back to the Bible pins thing. Sure. So tell us a little bit about what it is and maybe why marketers should care about it.
2: Yeah. Um Pinterest one of the cool things about Pinterest is, you know, people go to Facebook to connect with old old friends. Twitter is kind of here and now. Um, Pinterest is all about the future. You know, Evan Sharp, the Pinterest co-founder, actually said, you know, Pinterest is not sharing with your friends. It's about saving ideas for your future. Mm. And so that's what's so cool about Bible pins is it's allowing a way now for people to actually purchase products. So let's say – and this is coming down the line. They're rolling out this summer, and they're starting with – it's mostly um, – Macy's and Neiman Marcus and Nordstroms are kind of kind of the big ones who are doing it uh, right away. Um, but Shopify and Demandware are two platforms right now that a lot of small e-commerce people can use if they want these Bible pins. Um, some stuff coming down in the future is that just think if you would be able to see a recipe pin, click on buy it and it would automatically add it to your Amazon uh, account Oh, yeah, that would be or, really cool. Yeah, or wish list. And so It it just is huge how this is going to uh, open up some possibilities, especially I'm thinking when it gets closer to the holiday time, uh, Pinterest drives a lot of traffic to Black Friday and these e-commerce sites. And so being able to purchase this directly from Pinterest, and it uses Apple Pay. Uh, So uh, right right now, Pinterest doesn't take a cut of any of this stuff. Um, I think they're banking on their promotions, their promoted pins. That's how they're going to make money when people start to advertise these Bible pins. I think that's how they're going to make their money. But right now, um, it's slowly rolling
0: out in the U.S., and I'm sure it's going to go to other markets later. But uh, yeah, describe a little bit about – I mean, is it, is it? have you seen a prototype of it? Like, how does it work? Yeah,
2: it's just a blue – it's right by the pin it button. There's a blue buy it button. And so I've just seen – I've only seen a couple out in the wild, so to say – um, but there, you just purchase on it, and it goes to Apple Pay, and and you pay for it, and so it's a seamless transaction inside of Pinterest, which ah. is just really really cool. So it's uh, kind of
0: like a call to action button almost that's outside of the image, is what I hear you saying, right?
2: Yes, yes, exactly. It's, there's is nothing hovering or or moving over there, um, but it's kind of right at the top from the prototypes I've seen. That's right there by the pin it button, the red pin it button.
0: Interesting. Well, I mean, I can see a day where, um, for example, in our case. You know, um, we use Pinterest, for example, when we're promoting social media marketing world to show off maybe photographs or whatever, and we do the same thing on Instagram and it would be intriguing to maybe allow people to be able to register, you know, for the conference or whatever. Um, I know that's not your typical kind of transaction that you would probably see on Pinterest, but, uh, I could see somebody who has a book out, right. And, um, Maybe it's an ebook or a physical book, and then someone, it's it's a cool graphic, like maybe with a how-to kind of thing. And if you want step two, buy it now.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. I think it's yeah. I think it's going to be huge, especially for let's say you know because a lot of um, marketers have ebooks or something, and so being able to go to Canva, create a, a stunning book cover, which is in the Pinterest kind of layout anyway. It's that uh, that vertical image, um, and being able to put that and pin it, and then have people click directly and buy that from that pin is huge. Uh, I think it's going to make a big difference on people purchasing eBooks and for marketers being able to drive, you know, calls to action in that way. Um, and Pinterest is, it plays a huge role in influencing purchases. You know, they've, they've said that most people who use Pinterest, th- they bought something because of Pinterest. Um, there, there's, here's some really quick stats, like 96% of, have used Pinterest to research and gather information. 93 people percent have used pinterest to plan for purchases and then 87 percent have purchased something because of pinterest i mean uh you think about you know you mentioned your wife before going and pinning stuff and so she's probably got boards on how she wants her living room to look or how she wants her you know outdoor kitchen to to work and function and so having that right there it's almost like a an e-catalog that you created yourself and that you can now potentially buy
0: from well, it's, uh, I had Vincent Ng on my show, um, I think last year, and he talked about how it's a great way to get Christmas ideas. So I went on my wife's Pinterest account and I, I bought a whole bunch of stuff that she'd pinned and then when it showed up, she was just floored. Like, how in the world did you even know I was interested in this stuff, you know? Of course, some of it was the wrong color. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: Well, that's the cool, the cool thing um, is, yeah, I wrote about that too, is one of my mainly Pinterest tips is using it to stalk your your wife or girlfriend. And so I do the same thing. I look and see what she's pinning. I'm like, okay,
0: I'll, I'll get that. And, and it works really well. Very cool. So, um I know that a lot of people that are listening probably are not as deep into their Pinterest experience said another way, I'm sure a lot of marketers that are listening right now are probably much more active on Facebook and Twitter and maybe LinkedIn than they are on pinterest mm-hmm. and um, so for those that are that are um, wanting to increase their following on Pinterest. I guess the first question is: Does follower count actually matter on Pinterest? Let's start there. I think it does, um, and the, the
2: main reason is because um, I mean, it's it's like you know, if a social, if you talk to a social media manager or marketer, and they say, and you say, well, I really don't care about my followers, they're probably lying. You know, because we all do. We all look at those stats and see, even if they're vanity metrics. But the thing about Pinterest is, you know, eighty percent of all pins on Pinterest are repins. That means somebody is going there and repinning something else to their board. So that other 20 percent is they're hungry for new content. And so when I post my image of my blog post or my article or you do that for social media examiners, new posts they have out, people are hungry for that and 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 want to take that and pin it to their boards and that's just another place for you to have a link back to your site and driving traffic. And the cool things about Pinterest is that it has the longest shelf life of any social media network out there. Um, you know, Twitter's what two point eight hours, Facebook's three point two hours before it kind of goes away, and Pinterest is way different. Um, you know, forty percent of the clicks happen with the first day, and then the rest of seventy percent happens the first two days. But the remaining thirty percent of those clicks they happen thirty days and beyond. I still have pins from when I first started on Pinterest that are driving traffic back to my website. And, it, and they just last for such a long time. It's amazing. In fact, that's what got me started on Pinterest was this
0: long-term traffic
2: that I kept getting. And I was like, man, I got to do more of this because it really does make a difference to marketers.
0: Well, and I will, I will affirm that what you're saying is true because um, long-time listeners to the show know I used to have a website called My Kids Adventures, which has um, been offline now for probably a year and a half. But we're still getting like 70,000 people a month come into that site and 90% of the traffic's coming from Pinterest. Mm-hmm. And we haven't updated anything. And um, I hear these kind of things from people. And I think it's because, you know, that's that kind of activity seems to be evergreen kind of activity. But getting back to um, the Pinterest count. So, right. um, uh, you know, do you feel like if you have a bigger following on Pinterest that people are more active on there, unlike Twitter, which seems to be total vanity? I mean, like you could have a million followers, but no one will ever see it. Um, is is that not necessarily the case with Pinterest? I mean, does it, is it still one of those kind of, um, frontiers where follower count actually does matter? And, um, you know, let's start there. Yeah,
2: I think I I want to have more followers because I want more people to see my pins and now they've changed stuff now with the smart feed, which is not chronological. So like if I felt before, if I followed you and you pinned something, I would see it. Now Pinterest is doing a weighted algorithm on, you know, they're, they're putting uh, uh, related pins on there, promoted pins. And so it's not so much of I'm seeing everything from my followers. But having that bigger follower count gives me a bigger audience to uh, really connect with. I, I have more people having a better chance of seeing my stuff. And I pin a lot. I mean, I pin uh, in the morning and I pin in the evening and I have pins scheduled throughout the day. They're saying now to be effective on Pinterest, brands need to have like 15 to 20 pins a day Wow! Uh, just because of that smart feed and getting in front of people because there's so much content coming through. And so that's that's what's worked for me in the past, and that's what continuing to grow my numbers. Because I see my numbers growing up, I know people are following me, and I have I have people that I know follow me just because they trust me and they trust that I'm putting out
0: good content. So what I hear you saying is that if you want to grow your followers – There's a direct correlation with the frequency and quality of content that you put out.
1: Exactly. We see
0: the exact same thing on Twitter, you know, um, and and I think it's because of the reshare, right? Once people repin that um, and then people discover who it's from, right, which is you, uh, and they want more of that, they're just going to go ahead and subscribe. And and you you begin to see, uh, is it a hockey stick kind of growth that you've been seeing or is it a steady, you know, kind of a straight diagonal line all the way up? It,
2: it, 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 hockey stick at the beginning It's now starting to, it's continuing to go up, but it's not as a faster movement. Mine now has, I mean, I think when you're small, when you're smaller, you see that jump a little, little quicker. Um, like I think I'm getting close to 25,000. I mean, there's people with n- uh, millions of followers. Kim Vidge, who have you've had on your show. I mean, her board has over a million followers of, uh, with her kids uh, I think it's is a it kids activities blog I think it is anyway it's uh, has all these followers and she and, but she continues to get traffic and people commenting and uh, engagement on those pins and that's the other thing uh, when you're talking about how to build you know your following on Pinterest one of the things people a lot of people don't do is commenting is rare on 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 Pinterest I don't even consider Pinterest a really a social network I, I consider it more of a discovery engine and uh, but when people do comment on my pins, you need to you need to go there and comment back because
0: it's so rare. It makes a big impact when you go there and engage with them on Pinterest. And mm-hmm. so when they see that comment, yeah, um, th- I mean they might have repinned your stuff, but they might not be following you. But when you comment, that might encourage them to follow you back. I would imagine you especially want to do that if you're trying to build an influencer kind of outreach kind of campaign, right? Where you notice somebody really high profile has repinned your stuff, you probably want to go and thank them and they would probably go a long way i would imagine right
2: yeah yeah especially when you're first getting started you know you don't want to be spammy and like everything they do you you say something on but yeah going in there and saying you know making a a thoughtful comment or like hey this was a great post i really enjoyed x or whatever you know i really liked what you said about this or, or uh, making a comment other than just thank you goes a long way
0: and a lot of times those people will comment back to you Earlier, you mentioned that you were pinning quite a few times and you were scheduling your pins. Mm -hmm. So um, this is something that's relatively new to me. Um, I'm not aware, but but I know you are, of which apps work with Pinterest as far as scheduling and whether they're working through the API or they're kind of tweaking the system. Um, You know, I know Instagram is really picky about it. I don't know if Pinterest is the same, but is it really easy now to schedule on Pinterest and what apps do you use? It is, uh, and I'm I'm still coming from
2: the uh, the thought because Ahology is one of the marketing partners with Pinterest, and they have some great studies out, and they kind of weighted this new smart feed with how much you're actually on the platform organically. So they say that makes a difference. So I want to make sure that I'm pinning, like I said, I pin in the morning and in the evening. Those are me just going on Pinterest. Either I find something in an article and I pin it, or I, I'm at Social Media Examiner and I pin something that you guys have there. But i'm organically on the site the rest of the time i as i'm finding stuff through the day i'm adding it to my scheduler and the scheduler I use um, is tailwind and Tailwind is an incredibly great uh, um, app that i use it's well it's actually a website but that lets me schedule my pins and it actually tells me the best times to pin mm. uh, and they add they even have some great infogra- they have some great um data that even Pinterest doesn't have internally with their analytics. Like I can tell what boards are getting the most repins. Like I have quite a few boards and being able to say, okay, my blogging tips board is getting a ton of repins. I probably, probably ought to find some more content to feed that uh, is a big deal for me. But uh, Tailwind is, they have Pinterest API, which is a big deal. There are some other ones that can schedule pins, but they don't have the api and i try to stay away from those i just i never yeah, want
0: you always want to avoid those because those are kind of gaming the system and it's just a matter of when they're going to get banned or whatever right and i don't
2: want anything to happen to my account and the other thing is is uh buffer just recently uh released being able to pin uh and schedule pins on pinterest which is really really cool and i was even in talking with some of their when they were developing it what what we needed pinterest needed and um It's really, it's a really, I like Buffer for like people who are just getting started on Pinterest and kind of want some help with scheduling pins. I think Buffer is a great way to start with it. Uh, When you really want to become a power pinner and and really hit it hard, I think Tailwind with their deep analytics is worth uh, paying for for that. Is Tailwind uh, a cost? And if so, do you know how much it is? They have different levels. Um, they, I think they have a free version, or then they also allow now, I think, just a version where they can just schedule pins and you don't get uh, some of the other analytics. So they have a tiered system. Buffer, you have to do their awesome plan, I think, uh, to get uh, scheduling pins. Um, but it's, it's, it's really good too, because I've played with it as well. I'm just so used to and love Tailwind for so long that it's just it's part of my process.
0: Very cool. Um, I know that you are a big fan of reposting repurposing content on other social networks. And maybe even again on Pinterest, I'd love you to just kind of like, let's unpack a little bit about, you know, repurposing content. And well, let's start with first of all, do you repost to Pinterest, the same thing like you might on Twitter? Yes or no? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I I actually do that
2: um, with um, like old blog posts that have done really well. I'll go ahead and repin those. I usually make another board. I usually have multiple boards. Like I have a social media board and I have a Pinterest board. And so a lot of times if I write a post on Pinterest, I can do it either place. I can post it to I can post it to my Pinterest board or my social media board. So and also I have a bunch of group boards that I've joined that I can post to those as well. And Tailwind has a really cool feature now called interval pinning, which I mean I can post and I can Take a pin in there and say, "I want it to go all to all these boards, but I don't want them to go on the same day. It'll automatically go out every day, every other day, or whatever interval I set, and so those will automatically happen. And so that's a really uh, great way to boost um, using group boards to kind of boost your account. So I go ahead and I I do I do repin good content that does well. Um, when you're talking about repurposing, like my um, my images that I create." Um, I, I repurpose those to all the social networks. I make sure I make an image for Pinterest. I make one for Facebook, M, uh, uh, Twitter, and also Instagram. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff you can do between Pinterest and Instagram if you crop your images right to kind of hit both of those networks. Because both of those are hungry for great images.
0: Very cool. Um, I'd love to hear what your content strategy is because a lot of people um probably that are not super sophisticated on Pinterest are are curious, like and when I mean content strategy, you know, what percentage of what you pin is your own stuff? What percent percentage is someone else's stuff? Um, do and do you create different kinds of images for the exact same content to just kind of give it another chance, if you will? Like talk to us a little bit about what you're doing there. Sure. Um I usually – I have a one blog
2: post or or my podcast goes out a week, and I always pin that. I have multiple images for all those things that go out in those different networks. But most of the time, I'm repinning um, other people's content. And so like uh, one of my places I hit, I always hit you guys' board because there's usually great content there, and I want to share it out to my audience one of the things that you really have to watch when you first start on pinterest is to make sure cuz every time you click one of those pins it goes to the actual website. So your most recent article on social media examiner when i pin it, when i click on it it goes back to your website where i can actually read the entire article. The important thing is just to make sure that those links are working properly. Nothing will get me to unfollow somebody faster than if i click on something and it doesn't go where to where i'm it's supposed to go or it's spam or something else. And so when i'm sharing out content from other people i always double check those because i have an audience now that trusts me and trusts that i'm
0: pinning great stuff and so i just don't click a repin just i don't just go through and just click repin repin yeah because it might be a beautiful image but maybe it's linking to something that's not appropriate and you want (laughs) to make sure right exactly and so that's one of the the main big tips that i
2: do for people is to make sure that's that's good content and the other thing is You'll see a lot of there's everybody loves to pin infographics, um, and there's some great infographics out there. Make sure it's relevant data. I do not want to see mobile pinning mobile tips from 2012. I don't care how great the the (laughs) infographic is, it doesn't matter. And it looks makes me look stupid to my audience. So make sure you're pinning stuff. I mean, I've seen big companies do this is pin Twitter uh, tips from 2012, and I'm like, why? It doesn't, it's changed. So always make sure you're
0: pinning relevant data just don't click don't repin something just because it's pretty for those people that are listening that happen to be designers like you know you have a, a design bent or or that have teams where behind the scenes there's a graphics designer if they're creating a really awesome article would it make sense to have the designer come up with a couple different designs maybe two or three different designs for the exact same piece of content so that they could you know, uh, maybe each one's a little different, but looks visually different enough that you could promote those three kinds of things and still have it all linked back to the same destination and and kind of track which ones you know, which one's performing the best. Have you seen that at all? I'm curious. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's a great strategy actually because uh, one of my friends, Elisa Meredith, she actually does this for a client, and her client's like a, a nutritional uh, supplement person, but she created multiple. Um, pins back to their their download this to get this free smoothie recipe. Well, she took different pictures and different images for that and drove them back to that same landing page to sign up for those free smoothies. But she was testing those and she didn't pin them all at once. I mean, she would do it for a week and then go and pin the next image and and test out one which one worked the best. Mm-hmm. She'd also go and search green smoothies with, you know, Pinterest has an incredible search engine uh, at, that they've really been revamped actually even recently. But she goes up there and sees what people are pinning that are really, really popular, and she's not copying anything. But she's saying, oh, this, this image used a lot more green or it was more close up or it was, you know, it was an action shot of them pouring the smoothie into a glass. That one got a lot of repins. I'm going to try something like that. And so that's a great strategy to try to think of, okay, what image is going to give me the most bang for my buck to you know, convert
0: I've heard some research that uh, users of Pinterest tend to be very much on mobile devices, like an iPad or iPod or you know iPhone or Android. Given the fact that it's such a um, sit on the couch and surf kind of experience, at least that's what I think it is. You know, what do we need to be keeping in mind as marketers creating Pinterest images when it comes to mobile Pinterest users?
2: Yeah, one of the one of the things uh, Mark Schaefer said at your. At your conference was, you know, you know, great content. Now is is just what it takes to sit at the table at social media of social media. Mm. You have to have that, and I would take that another step farther. Is that you have to have great images as well, um, and so when you're creating these these images, you know, or these great pieces of content, great blog posts or whatever, take the time to make sure you have a pinnable image. Take the time to make sure that it's a a great image for that great content that you're creating, and then also make sure that it is um mobile optimized that it looks good on a mobile device uh you'll see stats now that a lot of people are saying 80 percent of all daily traffic coming uh, is coming to pinterest from a mobile device it's actually and this is from a source inside of pinterest it's actually closer to 90 percent so you cannot ignore mobile any longer Um, a couple things to check when you're when you're making graphics for pinterest for mobile devices to be mobile optimized is watch those infographics like i mentioned before Um, Even if they look great on your desktop, when they're shrunk down into a size of an iPhone 5, you know, it's still hard to, even if you're pinching Zoom, to read all that little data that you have on that great infographic. So make those infographics, you know, bold them out, make them to be uh, more of a, you know, kind of bulleted list than having a bunch of information on there. Make uh, also have readable fonts. One of the things, and a lot of mommy bloggers do this, is they love those scripty fonts. And they may be great on desktop, but you shrink those puppies down into mobile device, you cannot read those little scripty fonts at all. And yeah, so make definitely. sure your fonts are really readable. Um, you also, if you're taking, uh, you know, a lot of times um, action shots or like if, if a lot of people are doing crafts or even some of my woodworking things, they'll they'll do like a, a zoom in on some action that they're doing with that product or that item. Make sure that action is, is detailed enough that when it's shrunk down into a mobile phone that you can read it really well um the other one other tip is make sure your top three boards are the ones that are most important to you for your business because when people click on your profile on a mobile device those those three or four boards that they'll see at first are going to be what's going to show up on that profile and so uh, since mine is social media that's when you see my boards that's the first one and mainly pinterest tips that's the the second and so make sure that those are um Your most important ones are the top boards. And you can rotate those out. A lot of people have great success for the holidays is they'll, you know, um, 4th of July is pretty much over. And so pretty soon you're going to see a lot of Halloween uh, pins. So people will rotate their boards, those Halloween boards, to the top because of that reason.
0: Because on mobile devices, when you click on that, that's what's going to show up first. Awesome. (laughs) I mean, I know we're just, like, scratching the surface of this and people are saying, what, what, wait, (laughs) you're done? (laughs) I know I could talk, uh, I could talk to you, Jeff, for hours about this. This is so dang interesting. Um, before I ask you where people can discover more about you and your podcast, I do want to let everyone know that, um, I'm going to make a plug. I don't normally do this for our, uh, Pinterest, uh, board, because honestly, we're still kind of new at this and we could use every follower. (laughs) We are Pinterest.com slash SM examiner. And, uh, Jeff says he repins our stuff, so maybe it's worth repinning. Now, Jeff, over to you. Tell us where people can discover more about your Manly Pinterest podcast, your website, and anything else that you got going on about Pinterest. Sure, yeah. The best place to uh, find me is at, like you said,
2: the podcast is, uh, if you go to iTunes and search for Manly Pinterest Tips, I will pop right up. And then you can always find me at manlypinteresttips.com because we're always adding testosterone one pin at
0: a time. Jeff C., thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your insight with us. I know on behalf of all my listeners, uh, it was awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Michael. Appreciate it. Well, I hope you got a lot out of that interview. I know I did. Well, there's a, a bunch of things I want to ask you. First of all, is it true that marketers don't know how to measure social media? Is it true that ROI is still elusive? find out the answer to that question in our brand new social media marketing industry report it's free socialmediaexaminer.com also i want to mention we take all the notes for you so if you missed anything because you're out and about don't worry visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 155 that stands for episode 155 you can leave comments you can catch all the stuff we talked about Also, don't miss a future episode of this podcast by hitting that subscribe button. And if you're a regular subscriber, thank you so much. Well, this brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world.
1: The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.